Next Thing with Jing is made possible through generous funding from Accelerate, Technovation, Cleveland Leadership Center, Citizens Bank, Citizens Make Change, and the Cleveland Foundation. Hola, como esta? Hello, hello. I'm Jing Luenko. Welcome to Next Thing with Jing, a podcast about next chapters and new adventures, starting now. I'm your host, Jing Luenko, brand strategist, chief optimist, Filipino founder of Other Brown Girl, the original OBG. Subscribe to Next Thing with Jing on your favorite podcast player to get notified of new episodes as they launch. So delighted you're here. Welcome to the show. Let's go. What would I say to my younger self? Well, I was about to find out. I was humbled and honored when asked to be the keynote speaker for Hispanic Latinx Heritage Month by the Diversity Council leadership team at Hawken Upper School. Wanted to share with you on the pod today. Thanks for listening. So when did you begin to see a bolder vision of who you are of who you were meant to be when you heard the clarity of your own voice, thoughts, beliefs, and believed in them and in you, in what you had to say or share to be seen and heard. When was the first time you stepped into a story of your own making or rewrote your story or next chapter for a better ending with your highest, brightest self in high death and you as your own heroine? When I was younger, I knew I was different. From a different childhood, country, and culture, I was loud, so loud. My mom would often say, don't be like the other American girls. Remember, you're Filipino, which I internalize as meaning be softer, conform, quiet down, and tone it down, blend back, to neatly fit in a box at your new school, new neighborhood, and new culture. I think I always felt like the other. I wasn't Filipino enough but I wasn't American enough either as a first-generation immigrant kid. I was never enough, or so I thought and told myself, maybe you've been there too. So as we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, for those of you identifying as Latinx or Latina, what do you think being more Hispanic means? Back when you were a kid and today, what about others in the audience being black, white, Asian, or the other Sometimes I was mistaken for being Latina or Hispanic, which I always took as a huge compliment then and now because J-Lo, AOC, or some people would ask, what are you? Or where did you come from? Or are you Chinese, Japanese? No, I was the other minority. For some, I was the first Filipino they had ever met. So Being seen as the other was always on my radar, subconsciously embedded and encoded as part of who I was from the beginning. I would scan the rooms for other brown girls like me or even sort of kind of like me. In my second grade classroom, in my college lunchrooms, dorm rooms and corporate boardrooms or pitch Zoom rooms, I was always interested in umbrella terms like other, brown and girl how people are shaped and defined by their experience as an outsider or outlier looking in. 
I was fascinated by other cultures. When I was in first grade, we would get these UNICEF cartons where we would donate money at Christmas. I would hold the milk carton in equal parts wonder and confusion, seeing all of the children's faces from around the world, and even then, looking for Filipino girls and features like mine. To this day, when TV commercials appear showing children in rural villages or provinces who are hungry or needing dental work, I would ask myself, hey, is she Filipino? Is that footage or photo from the Philippines? Which is how I've always related to being and seeing the other. I knew that anyone from a different place, from other places, could be me, my family, my heritage, and my story. Back then, I was searching for answers and connection to my heritage and history. Now I realize what I was looking for was empathy, community, shared humanity, searching for stories like mine, families like mine, faces like mine. I still do. Maybe you do too. As long as I can remember, I've always felt like a cultural chameleon. My family came to the States to live their version of the American dream. My dad was a doctor who emigrated here in the early 70s when immigration policies and next-door neighbors were kinder, more curious, welcoming even. He opened different clinics and and I ended up being the new kid a lot at school, having to introduce myself on the first day, which inevitably went something like this. Hi, my name is Jing. No, not Jane. No, not not Jean. Jing, J-I-N-G, Jing. I'm Filipino. Almost apologetically, I would say that. And you guessed it. I was always the only Jing and the only Filipino or first-generation immigrant kid in any room in the small town where I grew up in the middle of Midwest cornfields, far away from the manila rice fields of my ancestors. I was always defining myself, defending myself for who I was and who I wasn't. Looking back each time I shared my name on the first day of a new school or new experience, I realized that I was hearing myself tell my story, starting with my name, my social proof, my identity. Each time I introduced myself, I was practicing honing how I presented myself, how I heard and saw myself in the world, how I showed up, choosing to either shrink back or stand tall, stepping into my story in the fullness of who I was or at least who I understood myself to be at the time, based on the stories inherited. I always wanted to have a cool name that sounded more American, or at the very least, more like the soap opera stars on TV. Why couldn't I have been an Ashley, Amber, Heather, Summer? Why did I have a name like no one else's? One that I had to explain every first day of school, dreading when the class roster was called. Oh, this is a hard one. When the new teacher got to the L's for Lewenko, my last name, or, oh, that's different. When I met a new boyfriend's mom for the first time, I would shift my feet, slouch, trying to be less visible, less uncomfortable in my own brown skin, to fit into a world or mold that didn't always look like me or my family, asking, am I the only one who feels like this? I used to feel alone feeling different. Now, we call it being diverse. I was scanning the room for other girls like me, other Filipinas or Asians, other brown girls with flat noses, black hair, and brown eyes, with grandparents halfway around the world who didn't speak English and parents with funny, quote-unquote, accents at parent-teacher conferences. I grew up asking, do I belong here? As I entered each new place, new experience, new job, 
well, people want to see me, hear me, welcome me, my family, my stories. Where are where all the other brown girls? I still catch myself asking this today as I stand as an ally for others too. So how did I get my name, Jing? Actually, my real name is Maria Christina Luenko. My dad nicknamed me after a song, Jingle Bells. It wasn't a typical girl name or boy name. It was a bell name, an onomatopoeia name, in fact. Let's pause a moment. Isn't onomatopoeia the best word ever? Okay, I'm back. I was born questioning how to describe and define myself from day one. Each time I shared my first name and last name, I realized I was born a story, born a brand. Words have value and and volume with many meanings and labels. Through a colorful cultural lens, I could see that I was born on Christmas, which is in and of itself very, very confusing as a little kid. I I felt like I was born with an immediate identity crisis and dropped into someone else's story, which may be why I have always been a skeptic, pushing back on stories that didn't look like me or feel like me or sound like me that just didn't feel true for me. I always knew there were many stories and many things that could be true or false at the same time, many shades of meaning, depending on how I chose to see it or say it, to myself and others. Why, oh why, did the universe choose me to share a birthday with baby Jesus, sweet baby Jesus? Oh, and a holiday with Santa? I felt cheated out of my own special day once a year and the biggest holiday kid gift ever. Couldn't I be like my friend Lynn with a banging 4th of July birthday instead? Every year it was so confusing and frustrating. I would wonder, where are the brown Santas or Filipino elves, snow and chimneys and evergreens? But there were only coconut trees, not Christmas trees on tropical islands in the Philippines. And, And my dolls? Oh, they never looked like me. And wait, no Filipino fairy tales either? No brown snow whites eating golden mangoes? I knew then and there as a little kid that stories I inherited as a young Filipina girl in the heart of the Midwest and Western world felt a little off, out of sync for me, untrue even. So I started to create my own stories in my own words in my own way. From a very young age, I kept a diary, a magical escape hatch into my imagination after reading the diary of Anne Frank. I was fascinated by language and storytelling back then, traditions. I loved how my mom and dad would speak in Filipino called Tagalog in a crowd. I saw it as our secret family code growing up bilingual. I saw the connection with words and cultures everywhere all the time. I knew that I was part of a larger story and was always aware that I was connected to another part of the world with two languages, two homelands, two heritages, two histories. Maybe you feel this way too. Storytelling for me has always been this toggle, digital split screen mode, like a filter on Instagram that you tap on or a mental Google cultural translate app for your brain. I would hear one story in Filipino and another in English. Then I would create yet another story and layer of meaning in my head in real time. I always knew there were three sides to every story as it relates to language and the power of the stories that I told myself. Mental monologues, internal dialogues, the power of my own thought layering starting with me. I saw language and words as magical levers that could lift and launch me higher or level me, tethering me to my fears like lead weights. 
We are all filtering, sifting, and shape-shifting stories. In fact, you're likely doing it right now as you see me and listen to me. Some of our stories are make-believe. Some are inherited, made up for us to believe. What I would offer you is this. Hit pause. Take a moment. Think about your own story of origin. What makes you original? What makes you you, all of you, your special brand of you? What words do you tell yourself to transform yourself, all of your past and present and future self meeting and melting in this messy moment of modern life that moves too fast, it seems? As you evolve, as your mindset expands, as your heart breaks, as your hopes change, as your eyes widen or well up, I want you to listen to your inner voice above the white noise of this disruptive digital age, past the artificial turfs on Instagram where the grass squares and posts are always greener and filtered. I I want you to see your own story unfold and bloom to write your own next chapter and next adventure, to bet on your own potential and power thought by thought, word by word, day by day, decade by decade. You decide and decide the power of your voice, your vision, and what you value in the world. I remember the first time when I saw and felt my own power. I saw myself standing in the story I told myself. It was in second grade. I was wearing my favorite poncho that my mom crocheted for me. I had my flare pants and dope strawberry patch on my right knee where I'd worn a hole into the dark denim from all of my kid adventures bounding out into the world. I felt my power source, my source of light, my secret sauce, my kid mojo. That poncho was like a super heroine cape. When I put it on, I felt bolder, standing taller, with shoulders back, holding and shining the kind of light that doesn't dim from within, that you don't turn down, like a pilot light burning brighter in the background 24-7. It was the first time I felt like me. I want that for you too. When people ask what your superpower is, what do you say? What story about yourself are you sharing again and again on autopilot? Which iPhone lens or filter are you using to magnify or amplify your view of yourself? Your thoughts and your words matter. This is who you are in your heart. But this is where you live, in your head. Your words are echoes, halos of light from within. Don't dim yourself down. Go out like a comet. Find your words. Light up the world and those around you. Create sparks of hope through your words and work. Seeing your stories as stars and guiding lights that heal and help, that hold safe space for the other, starting with yourself. Finding comfort in knowing, seeing, and caring about each other. Knowing what the other really truly feels like and looks like because it's all of us. I had a mentor who used to tell me to just jing it, just jing it, which is kind of close to just wing it now. I love this wordplay, flipping the script in my own head, like shining a searchlight in my own darkest thoughts when no one was looking. When I was feeling unsure of myself, I started to share this new creative flip the script game with, with a few of my friends. Maybe you could try them on for size two, before a big test, before a big game, or before a big talk like this one. What words can you say to yourself to design and decide for yourself to lift you and light you up? 
Fear is fuel, and fuel is fire, and fire lights a spark in yourself and others. And your fire and fury can strike a match for others like you or very different from you. Your stories are flares in the air that say, this way, I know the way, to help others find their words and way in the dark when the world doesn't always feel welcoming or when you don't feel like like you fit in. Make room for others. Be an ally, an example for the others. Change the script. Flip on the light on your brightest, biggest, boldest ideas, even if you're feeling afraid and alone in the dark. What mental monologue and internal dialogue is on your playlist and feedback loop? Are you getting tangled in invisible storylines or fishing lines that keep holding you back like a net of your own making? But that's not who I am or how I see myself or how I talk to myself. I'm not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough. I'm not enough. I've been there. No matter where your words land or wherever they lead you, no matter where you're headed or where you've been, no matter what you hear on the news, this is your power, your words and your story. You are making history your own. I shared how I was born on Christmas Day. Now, I have another story for you. Once upon a time, I was at a crossroads in many areas of my life, personally and professionally. My career path and life path had peaked, then plateaued. I had checked all the boxes for successful with air quotes, adulting, but had lost my way and was now in a restless freefall, often displaced and always feeling oddly somewhere in between. The world was holding a different energy, not unlike today, less kind and seemingly less culturally accepting post-2016. I was feeling a magnetic pull to define a higher path. What am I doing and what am I really here to do? I would ask myself of my life and time remaining on earth. I had no idea that a 22-hour plane ride back to my birthplace in Manila on February 2nd, 2017, two weeks into the new presidency and travel ban, would lead me to a glimpse of what mattered most. It began as an 11-day trip to see my mom's rural childhood home for the last time in her lifetime. It soon became a quest to discover my true calling for the first time in my life. I was determined to connect the missing docs that would map my family's folklore, to follow constellations of untold stories, to unearth trails of hidden ancestral gems sparkling in the sky from Cleveland, Ohio to Metro Manila, along the South China Sea and back. My greatest hope? To capture my Filipino heritage and fading family stories with my increasingly forgetful, feisty, with a capital F mom, before it was too late on a once in a lifetime trip to Manila, where I was born. My heritage and family history was a gap, a blank page growing up. I didn't know how to process and talk about it when I was younger. My parents were extroverted, loud, or creatively curious like me. So the trip to sell my mom's childhood home in Manila was my last chance to ask questions. I didn't want to lose those stories that tied me to my ancestry. Fast forward to 2020. I was recovering from my second cancer surgery at the Cleveland Clinic on March 5th, a few days before the national lockdown, finding myself at home in bed recovering. I didn't want to think of it as a deathbed, though dark thoughts did creep in. I thought of it as a launch pad for light in my cancer bed. No, my comeback bed. I was on a renewed mission to rewrite 2020 personally and professionally. I wanted to heal and help somehow to believe and seek the greater good in me, in all of us. I kept looking for the light.
then the world went dark. National heartbreak, protests, and social upheaval. Our family's downtown advertising agency was severely vandalized and damaged. At 10 p.m. on May 30th, the office alarm sounded, triggered by bricks, a fire hydrant, and a flash bomb thrown to shatter the front glass facade as agitators hurled explosives into the broken windows. A SWAT team swarmed the ad agency conference room on grainy security camera footage on our iPhones in real time. The world was spinning too fast off its axis and literally burning too hot, hurling all of us right into the eye of a firestorm that was blazing out of control with the looming shadow of a future global pandemic unbeknownst to us. I didn't know what was happening and what to say to myself and our half-browned, half-Filipino son anymore. I wanted to create more positive energy, a new story to make meaning of all these life-changing events, even if it was to change the narrative, starting with me, to redefine where I fit in and what modern diversity meant to me and my family, to be an ally. That's when other brown girl was born. I, I couldn't always march, volunteer, donate, post, call, or email my elected officials as much as I would have liked, but I could craft a new line of defense, a storyline, to stir up a daily dose of renewed, enlightened energy for myself. I hit pause on the negative news feeds. I propelled positivity in every direction I could. I needed a force field to blunt the barbed news cycles mid-sentence, to change the stories that were untrue, just simply untrue about immigrant kids and families like us. So I crafted it, drafted it, designing a new dialogue, even it was only for me listening in my own head from my comeback bed, sketchbook and macbook i started to think of my bold gratitude and stubborn midwestern asian american defiant optimism as my own special brew of juju and activism it became a positivity shield and white light a force for good an energy orb that encased and protected me everywhere i went by reframing and literally rewriting my everyday experience i could feel my mood lift and shift I started sketching out Other Brown Girl on the OBG site as a creative project on my iPhone notes, a designing experiment and experience to capture my trip back to Manila, the story that I couldn't stop thinking about, to hear myself, to see myself again, to get still for a moment, to unpack and uncover the untold stories from my family and heritage. I was writing my next chapter. I didn't know how this particular chapter with cancer was going to end. I wanted to capture the stories for my son, our son who sometimes forgets he's half Filipino. Other Brown Girls, a multi-platform digital experiment. My hope is to create a way for younger audiences like you to see yourselves, to lead yourselves, to see our multicultural, multifaceted, multi-hyphenated identities as immigrant kids, to give voice and visibility to our collective superpower and potential as Other Brown Girls half-brown boys, as the other in a modern world that needs us, our voices, our families, our stories. And here's what I discovered and, and, and what I want you to know. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, not the cancer tunnel, not the COVID tunnel. We are the light. We shine through our words. Our stories become stars the brave sparks to big ideas and big changes from big hearts of little girls who will become future other brown girl leaders and change agents like you. I see you. I believe in you. 
I was you. In the end, our stories are the light and magic we leave behind, born many dreams ago by our ancestors. Be the light and story you want to see out in the world, starting with yourself in the marketplace, workplace, and digital space for your future self and the next generation of you. As I continue to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, rewriting 2020 and now 2021, typing on my MacBook while healing and in remission from cancer, with more time to think about my life, my trip, my comeback, a surprise global pandemic within a pandemic within a pandemic, and the simmering unrest and question marks all around me and us, I will continue to write and write and write to turn the tide and transform. I share my stories hoping that you'll share yours. Start yours. Write yours. Now. Right now. Which leads to the adventures you're about to read on Other Brown Girl and, gratefully, the story I actually live to tell and continue to write in this new next chapter life. Thanks for being part of my story and journey today. I'll be looking for yours in the stars. I'm Jing Wawenko, the original OBG, and you can find me on social at juju.jing and otherbrowngirl.com. Want to design a work life and real life you love and your own next thing? Reach out for one-to-one consulting, group coaching, or book me for speaking. Follow along on Insta at juju.jing and LinkedIn. And if you're loving the pod, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave a review. Learn more at jinging.com and otherbrowngirl.com. Thanks so much for listening to Next Thing with Jing. Share your light. Be the spark. Start your new story. Keep shining even when things go dark. Cheers, and here's to your next chapter, new adventure starting now. Catch you next time on Next Thing with Jane.